Well, it's good to be here this morning. Today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7. While you're turning there, I'm just going to pray for us again this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that you are a good God and that you love us. We thank you for your word and we thank you for um, just sending your son, Jesus Christ, down to this earth um, to reveal your character to us, to reveal your love to us, um, and to pay for our sins and to make reconciliation with you possible once again so we can spend eternity with you. We just ask that today uh, your word would, would come alive in our hearts, that you would speak to us, that we would be submissive before you and before your word. We just pray these things in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, once there was two men, and these two men wanted to, to build a life for themselves. And they had heard that if you head west, there, there's land out there, and you can do a homestead, and they're like, let's, let's do it. So these two guys head out together west. As they go across, they, they travel across state and state, and they kind of get to this land that looks like really good farming land. They're like, yeah, we should, we should do here. And they, they make it to a river, and there's like, there's water here, but there's quite a few people. And so they just kind of head south on the river until they come to a clearing where there's no one else who's been homesteading out there. Like, this, this looks like a good spot. I'll take one side of the river. You take the other side. Let's, let's get to work building our homes. Yeah. So, so the first guy starts walking along the river, and as he's walking along the river, he notices that all the trees are growing really close to the river. And he's like, wow, it'd be so easy if I just built a house pretty close to here. And he kind of walks around, and he notices, and he, and he kneels down, and he picks up some of the, the soil, and he's like, wow, this is really soft. That would be, that would be super easy to, to make a foundation in this, just to pound some things down into this sand. He's like, and I, let's face it, I, I love fishing, if my house is right here next to the river, I could literally sit on my porch and fish. It's like, I think the decision's already been made. So, so that guy number one begins to build his house on the sandy soil. The other guy takes a little bit longer. He does the same thing. He walks up and down the river. He, he notices also that all the trees are really close to the river. It would be pretty easy just to, to build right there because you can just chop them down and all your wood's there. But, but as he walks around and he kneels down and picks up some of the sand, he notices that, that the sand for, for the river has clearly shifted over time. Or he can look and see that, that the banks of the river used to be here, and now they're over here. What clearly used to be a kind of a straighter river now winds more, and he realizes as, as the sand sifts through his hands, if I build on this, it's going to shift. And so he stops and he looks around and down a little bit down the river, he notices that there's a bluff, this rock, this sheer rock face that comes out of the river and he goes up pretty high. And so he goes down there and he, and he climbs up. It's a lot more difficult climb and he gets up and it's just solid rock. And he thinks about, there's no trees up here. I would have to drag every single one of those trees up here. That'd be a whole lot of work. But as he looks down at the river, and the lack of, of solid ground, and he looks down at the rock he, he stands upon, he makes a decision. I don't care how hard it's going to be. I'm going to build my home on this rock. And both men then begin to set out building their homes. They, they cut down their trees. 
With their axes, they, they shear all of the bark off. They begin to notch the, the logs for log cabins. And guy number one, psh, he, he just basically throws his on the ground and begins building, and it's coming up like, like no problem at all. But the other guy has to drag each log up the hill, one by one by one. The other guy's house is beginning to come together, basically, and it's already looking like a home. And the other guy has just started on his foundation. He gets out his chisel, and he begins to pound anchor holes in the rock. The other guy's home now has all of its walls, and it begins working on the roof. And the guy up on the rock is still chiseling away, making anchor holes. This other guy now has his roof on. And this guy is still up there now, pounding in the metal anchors on which to secure his house. The guy down by the river completely completes his house, and the other guy has just begun to put his walls up. And so the guy with his house done, he's down there fishing, you know, hey, how are you enjoying your house? Oh, wait, you don't have one yet. (laughs) No problem. And he begins to mock him. He begins to laugh, and they're friends, you know, and it takes him... So much more time to build his house up there. But finally, he completes it. And so the two men, now that they have their homes there, they begin to make a life for themselves. They both get married, and pretty soon there's little ones running around all over the place. And before you know it, all of the primitive furniture that was okay for the single guy isn't okay anymore. Now he has to make some nicer furniture. He's making nice tables. They're beginning to get more established. The walls of their cabins are now lined with artwork from their kids, which usually just means muddy handprints everywhere. (laughs) Their door frame has notches that they've cut in there as their kids begin to grow. As a memory of, oh, that's how tall you were when you were two, three, four. Both men build the lives for themselves there. They begin to accumulate things. And then one day, it begins to rain. It's rained many times here before. This is not uncommon. But on this day, it doesn't stop. Or the next day, or the next day, or the next week. It just rains and rains and rains. The guy who built his house on the sand, that house is now a mud pit. One of the corners of the house begins to kind of sink more and more every day. But what's more concerning is the level of the river. It gets higher and higher and higher and goes over the bank and gets closer and closer to the house every day. And before you know it, it's, it's come up to the base of the house. And this man walks through, kind of getting his last things he can get out of there quick because he realizes what's coming. He takes a last look at this life, basically, he's built for himself here. And he and his family leave as the water rises and rises up the sides of the wall and eventually takes his whole house away. With all their memories, with everything they've built, with all their plans for the future of what life there is going to look like, it gets washed away in an instant. And all the while, the man who built his house on the rock still has his secure foundation. His house hasn't shifted at all. Our passage for today is Matthew chapter 7, 
starting in verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. It's easy to, to hear a passage like this, and, and just kind of read through it quickly and go, man, what an idiot. I mean, who would do that? Who, who would build a house, you know, right on the edge of the, the sand? And, and it's so easy to think that way. But when we really dive into what is this passage saying, it can hit a lot closer to home. You see, because the, the passage is about the difference between the wise man and the foolish man, but there's a whole lot of similarities in this passage between these two men. And that's where we want to start, is just looking at what is similar between these two guys. The first thing that's similar, if you look at verse 24, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine, and then verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine, both of these men in in this basically parable that Jesus is telling are hearers of the words of Christ. They've heard God's words preached to them. What's so easy is to read passages like this and go, oh yeah, I understand this. Uh, the wise guy is the guy who goes to church. He, he hears the word of God preached to him and then he goes home and, and the other guy, he doesn't go to church. He, he doesn't hear the word of God. But when you think about this, both of the people in the story have heard the word of God preached to them. They both go to church. That's, that's a similarity between these two men. The, the second thing, they both want to build a house. And this is very symbolic here for building a life, establishing yourself. I mean, if, if you've lived in the, in the same home very long, just think about all of the memories you have there whether it be your kids growing up, whether it be basically after you first get married or your first home. Our homes basically are places where we accumulate memories for ourselves, we establish ourselves. On your walls are probably a bunch of pictures of either your family or accomplishments or degrees or different things you've done over the years. These men want to to build a home for themselves, that they want to be established. And a third similarity, both of these men face a storm. It rains and rains and rains. And the passage says that, that wind beats down on the house and blows on them. And storms in Scripture are are, are metaphorical like this for difficult times, 
hard times, trials, tribulations, suffering, something that each one of us will go through because we live in a world that is tainted by sin. And these men are no different. They go through difficult times. They go through a storm. And so that's the the similarities between these men is they both hear God's word preached to them. They both want to, to build a life for themselves and they both go through a storm. But there's a difference. And it's a very big difference. We'll read again verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. You see, the difference between them is not that one guy goes to church and hears the word of God. The difference is one guy puts Christ's words, puts the word of God into action in his life. He obeys it. He believes it. But both men basically set out to, to, to have a life for themselves, to, to put down roots, to, to have a family, to, to build a house that will become a home. But they approach it differently. One man is worried about the foundation on which it is built. And the other man is not. You see, the, the foolish man, as he sets out, if, if, if he was here today, basically, he would go to church. He would hear the word of God preached. And he'd go, oh, yeah, cool. That, amen, that's, that's good. I love that. And then he walks out the door and lives his best life doing what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, for whatever reason he wants to do it, with no regard for God and his commands. And then next Sunday, he might be back again to to hear some more. But when he's out in the world, he's not putting it into practice. He's not concerned with the foundation of his life. And what that means, basically, is if someone is not concerned with the foundation of their life, when, when they set out on getting married, it, it's not, what, what does the Word of God say about marriage? It's, well, what is everybody else doing? Well, that, that looks good. I, I should be able to do that because, I mean, everyone else is doing that, and so sounds good. And then after they get married, it's not, what does the Word of God say about marriage? It's, what, what is the sitcom I watch every night? How does he treat his wife? That, that's probably normal. In the same way that the foundation stone where, where marriage might be one of them, raising kids. What does culture say about raising kids? How should I interact with my kids? What should I do with my kids? What does culture say about finances? How can I use the money that God has entrusted to me? You see, the guy who built his house on the sand, basically, it's metaphorical for constructing a life on something that is going to shift right out underneath you. And that is our culture. It's constantly changing. What's right and wrong, 
where, where that line is of doing something you shouldn't do here and there. And if you build on something like that, a decade from now, it's going to be different. And ultimately, there's nothing solid about it. And this isn't just a house that's being constructed. It's a, it's a life. Marriages, relationships, integrity, careers. These are the things that come together to construct our life. And the guy who built it on the sand goes, eh, this will be good. This will be all right. It'll be easy. I'll be able to fish more. I'm okay with this. But in contrast, the wise man is not content with just knowing the word of God. He's intent on putting it into practice. He's intent on obeying it. He's dedicated to building his life on on the rock, which is the word of God. And so therefore, instead of just chopping down logs and beginning to construct a house, he spends all that time chiseling away, pounding into the rock, digging down in to make sure he's anchored to something that is not going to move, that is not going to shift, that is not going to allow his home, his life, all of these things to be blown over. And that is the word of God. He puts into practice what is taught in the living word of God. And so as he sets out on his life, he asks these questions. What does the word of God say about marriage? About who I should marry? Which which involves basically getting into the word of God and knowing what it says. And after he's married, what does it look like to obey the word of God in marriage? What does it look like to be a loving husband? I want to obey that. What does it look like, according to the word of God, to raise children? Does the word of God have anything to say about my career? Where I work? How many hours I work? What I do with my life? Does the word of God have anything to to say about money? And how I utilize the gifts that God has given me? You see, each one of these things is like an anchor that this man puts down into the rock of saying, in this area of my life, I want to make sure that it is built on a solid foundation because it's that important. Because I want my life to be built on that foundation, which is the word of God, not on sand, which is going to shift. I remember when I went away to college, how, how God graciously helped me realize how much I lived like the fool in this passage. I grew up my whole life in the church. I do not, uh, I don't, I do not remember a time in my life that I did not believe that Jesus, basically that repentance of my sins and faith in Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. I can't remember a time I didn't believe that that's the only way to receive eternal life. I was always at church uh, I grew up going to a Christian school, but the, the culture of the, the school I went to and even the, the kids I hung out with was basically knowing is what separates us from the world. We know the stories. 
I know all about David and Goliath. I, I know all about the, these verses. I memorized all these verses as a kid going to Awana. And I know all these things, and the world does not. And, and so that's, that's pretty good. And, and so growing up in this Christian bubble, basically, where it, it was sufficient to know, I know all these things about the Bible. And so, so it's okay. And when it came to actually obeying it, most of the time I was kind of like, eh, it's, it's all right. It's not that big a deal. And pretty much from high school on, I just got on the habit of cheating on everything. Didn't matter what it was, I would cheat on it. And, and that's how I lived my life was basically, I know all of these things about God, but you know, all of these other areas, it, it, I don't have to fully obey God. He's going to forgive me. And, and I carried all of that with me into college. And I remember my, my freshman semester at college, it was at a Christian school, we had this chapel and we were watching this video. And we watched this video of some missionaries who went to a remote, remote location and they lived there for years learning the language to, so they could share the gospel with these tribal people and translate the word of God into their language. And they had this like reenactment of the video of what had happened. And they had been teaching through the Old Testament and they get up to Christ and they get there and they present the gospel. And this whole tribe, like <laughs> over hundreds of people, came to know the Lord and they were jumping up and down with the excitement and joy, yelling, He is risen! He is risen! And I remember just sitting there in our little, like basically watching this chapel going, I have known Jesus my whole life, and I have never had that joy. Either they believe something I don't believe, or, or I believe something wrong, or I'm doing something, but something is, something is missing because I don't have that, and I want that. And I remember going up to my room and opening up my Bible saying, God, I want to be joyful. And I didn't even have to read a verse. I just opened it up, and I heard this still small voice say, Mark, you cheated on your very first test here. I want you to tell on yourself. And I went, yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> no, no, that's, that can't be right. I'm, I'm not going to do that. And so I tried. And then the next morning I got up and I just had that same, I want that joy. Open up my Bible, still small voice. Mark, telling yourself for cheating. You need to repent of what you've done. It's like, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. It's like, oh, I actually want to be here now. I want to be here at this college so I can learn about the Word of God. And if I tell on myself, I'm going to get kicked out and be rationalizing, you know, like, oh, I, it's, it's okay. And then the same, still small voice, tell on yourself. And I go, I don't know what I'll do. I'll read through the whole Bible if I have to, and I'll find a verse that says I don't have to tell on myself for cheating. It's like, this is going to be good. And so I started reading through the New Testament, and I came to, to 1 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 19, and it says, Timothy, my son, keep faith and a good conscience, which some people have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. And it was just this realization of, Ooh, if I don't obey the Holy Spirit's voice in my life, my life is going to be shipwrecked. That is, that is the path I am on. That is the direction I am going, believing that knowing is enough, that I don't have to obey. And I remember going and calling the dean and in tears saying, I cheated on this test, and going back to my room, and I got a zero on it, don't care, <laughs> because what was most important was this realization of, I was hearing the voice of God in my life, 
And he was beckoning me like a lighthouse away from the rocks, saying, there's submerged rocks down there, and that is going to ruin you. That is going to shipwreck your life if you don't put these words into action and obey. And it was just this moment as I kind of evaluated my life up to that point and realized how much I had lived like that, that I hadn't put the word of God into practice, that I hadn't obeyed. And even though I got a zero on the test, I had never been so joyful after that because I realized my heart is right with God. And I made, made a commitment from that point on was, I want to spend the rest of my life obeying the word of God. You see, that's what this passage calls us to. It calls us to obedience. It's like a, a lighthouse up on top of a cliff warning ships basically coming back at night saying, if, if you do not put these words into practice, they're not going to help you. And like our passage today, if you do not construct your life on the rock, on the word of God, then your life is being built on shifting sands and it is going to rain and the river is going to rise and that sand is going to move. Guaranteed. You see, it's God's grace to us to give us his word so that our future doesn't have to be built on shifting sands. It can be built on the word of God. As I begin to to wrap up, I just want to ask you a couple of questions. The first one is, are you content with knowing the word of God? Or are you intent on obeying it and putting it into practice? Obeying is much more work. It's a whole lot more effort. It's just like the guy down on his hands and knees chiseling into the rock so that he can anchor something down. but it's worth it. It takes discipline to be reading the scriptures regularly, to be thinking about them throughout the day and meditating on them. And how how does this verse speak to how I'm going to live today when I go to school, when I go to work, when I do this, when I do that? And sometimes it's hard to submit to the word of God and do the difficult things it calls us to. So my second question is this, in what area of your life is God calling you to obedience right now? Maybe it's repentance, apologizing for for something you've done. Maybe it's confessing and admitting to someone close to you a, a secret struggle that you've been working through. Maybe it's responding to God's call on your life that you might have felt called to to, to be a missionary, to be a pastor, to start a local ministry, to serve in some capacity. You see, each one of us has a different life, a different calling, and the Spirit of God speaks to us in different ways. But every single one of us is the same where we all have the word of God and we all have a choice of, is this going to be the foundation of our life? You see, the wise man builds his house upon the rock. 
The wise man builds his life upon the rock. The wise man builds his career upon the rock, his family upon the rock, his relationships upon the rock. The wise man makes his decisions upon the rock. So the wise man hears the word of God and he puts those words into practice. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you for for giving it to us. Uh, We so desperately need to know you and know your word. I just ask that today you would give us the the discipline and the excitement to get into your word and, and to base our lives off of what you say to us. We just thank you so much for your word and may you give us the desire to treasure it as we should in our lives. We just pray these things in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.